Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to now. I believe this is the eighth episode of the Gambling Couch Podcast. I'm here by both co-hosts of the Lovecast, Jordan Dyer and Max Lebelzik. We're going to talk a little AFC East uh, record predictions, right? We have our predictions that we did on the Lovecast channel, and then we're going to compare what we think is going to happen with these teams to what Vegas thinks is going to happen. We're going to look at the win totals for each team, and then we're going to compare them to what we had. Then we're going to go over... Full breakdown of game three, Celtics, Warriors, uh, you know, back in the garden, back in Boston. And then we're going to go over some MLB for Wednesday, June 8th, and then give out our full cards for Wednesday, June 8th. So, boys, how are you doing? Doing pretty good. <laughs> doing great. <laughs> All right. Always glad to have the fellows on. Um, we're going to start with just going over what we think the records are going to be for each team. Um, so, Max, why don't you just go over what you think, how you think the AFC East is going to shake up this year? All right, starting off, I have the Bills coming in first to the AFC East. They're coming in at 14-3. and three. Um, Then I have the Pats coming in second in the AFC East. They're coming in at 9-8. and eight. And then I have the Jets and the Bills – or, sorry, the Jets and the Dolphins tied for at, for three, four spot uh, at 7-10. and 10. Jordan? I have, I have the Bills winning at 13-4, and four, the Dolphins second at 9-8. and eight. Uh, the Pats at eight and nine, and the Jets seven and ten. Finally, I have the Bills at fourteen and three, Dolphins ten and seven, Patriots seven and ten, and then the Jets six and eleven. So starting with the Patriots, I have them going seven to ten. Vegas has this line at eight and a half wins. Max, why don't you start with how you think this Patriots season is going to shake up? Do you think they really can get to nine wins? Okay, so at the time of recording, um, I wrote down a little asterisk again uh, next to a couple of games that I thought um, the Pats would, you know, could win or could lose. It could go 50, 50. The first one I wrote down was week six at Cleveland. Now at recording, there had only been one more um, incident recorded about um, Deshaun Watson and his lawsuit. So I was thinking that he might be playing 50, 50, but since then there's been like, I believe 23 new women uh, come came at forward. And then there's also been like, uh, I believe the Texans released like a lot of information that were, was incriminating him. So I'm very, I'm not very certain he's going to be playing. So that's why I gave them a W right there. Um, there are some games that like could go 50, 50. There's a Minnesota game there in week 12. I just feel like that's the Pats to lose. Like just in Minnesota, that's just a game that they might just throw away on accident just because um, maybe Kirk cousins is going off or something like that. I don't know. There's just definitely a lot of variance with this. So I'm not going to touch that eight and a half number. I'm not really confident enough to bet that. Yeah, for me, uh, I I would never put it past Belichick to get over eight and a half wins. I just don't think our roster is good enough. Um, they got Devontae Parker, who's definitely going to help um, our offense. But we lost J.C. Jackson, which I think is a huge loss. I think our defense is really going to struggle this year. And that's been, you know, our calling card in the past. And that's how you help young quarterbacks win. So I have us eight and nine. I could obviously us nine and eight or even 10 and seven. But yeah, I, I wouldn't touch that total either. What do you think, Buttsy? I think you're right. I think you really hit the nail on the head there. This is a bet on Belichick, right? This isn't a bet on the Patriots roster. I think if you take away Belichick, this win total could be at seven and a half or, you know, I probably seven and a half. But, you know, Bill can always just find a way to get to nine wins, it seems. And even if it doesn't matter, like even if we don't, uh, you know, make the wild card or anything like that, which I don't think we will. I just think that he finds a way to get to nine wins. So 
you know, we're looking at the line. It's over eight and a half at minus 120. And you have the under eight and a half with um, with minus 102 right, right now on, on your local sports book. So I would probably take the under here just because the I don't like the Patriots roster. I don't like our defense. We lost Joshi. Um, you know, fucking Mac Jones doesn't have a ton of help. Right. And he's still figuring it out. So I think this is going to be a really rough year for him. But I also don't think that that's going to say much about him. I think that he can still be a solid NFL quarterback in the future once we, you know, kind of find our way and get our kind of rhythm back. I think in the next couple of years, the Patriots will develop a rhythm. But I just think this year is going to be a shitty year. I don't trust our defense. Our defense is trash. We lost a lot of guys. You know, we brought in Malcolm Butler, uh, lost JC Jackson, like Jordan said. So I just think we're going to be too vulnerable. The schedule is really tough. Uh, the schedule ends with Minnesota, Buffalo, Arizona, Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo. Those are that's that's hell. Literally playing those games is hell. Yeah. So, you know, I expect the Patriots can they can jump out to an early uh, early record or good record early in the season. But I'm probably not going to play it because I don't want to bet against Belichick and I want to get bet against my own team. But I'm, you know, I'm not confident in either lot, uh, either side there with the eight and a half win total. Moving on to probably the most interesting team in this division is the it's the Miami Dolphins, right? I mean, this Dolphins team brought in Tyreek. They're loaded. They got a really good chance to make the playoffs this year and, and be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. So their win total is at nine flat. So what are we what are we thinking about the uh, Dolphins this year? I like the under. Um, Why is that? I- I'm not a huge fan of Tua, and I just don't really believe in him. Um, I think that if he if he has another year like he had last year, or he regresses in some way, this team is not like you. You depend on your quarterback; that's your most important player. And if you don't have a great quarterback, you're not going to have a necessarily successful team. And going through it, they have a tough start. They have the Pats, the Ravens, the Bills, the Bengals, the Vikings. Like those are those are teams that are not easy. And you can argue that Tua is not better than any of those quarterbacks. And um, that's a tough, that's a, just a tough schedule. Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm not like, I, I like their talent and they could be super good. This is a team with a lot of variants, but I think we know what we have in Tua and I'm not huge on him, but it is a bet on Tua. So if you think Tua is going to do well, I would take the over, but I'm going to, I personally am not a big fan of him. I'm going to hammer the under on this one. Yeah. I think their schedule is definitely very tough. Like you pointed out and I'm not a, a big Tua believer, but when you give a, you know, you can give an average quarterback great talent and make him look above average. And I think that's what's going to happen this year. And also, Tua still has time to grow himself. So I think you give him, you know, he has Tyreek, he has Waddle. Hopefully they can get that running game going. I have him at nine flat. Um, and I would be more inclined to take the over. But, yeah, I could see it going either way because it all depends on how Tua plays. If Tua, you know, can't, yeah, can't yeah. throw the deep ball – you know, throws picks, um, then obviously they're not going to be a good team. But I think Tua is good enough to get them to nine wins. I'm not saying he's an amazing quarterback, but nine wins with a roster like this, I think is definitely doable. I agree. So just refreshing the line here. I wrote these lines down a couple a couple days ago, but I just refreshed it, looked it up again. And now I'm seeing Miami Dolphins minus eight and a half at or sorry, not minus eight and a half over eight and a half wins is minus one forty one. So I really think they're going to get to nine. I would pay the juice there. Realistically, um, I would I would actually probably jump on that now, and I wouldn't wait for that line to get to go back to nine because I really feel like they're a nine win team, and I think they can scrap to make uh, the wild card. 
by getting to nine wins in the AFC East. Uh, this division's tough, right? The top three teams are are, and you know, even the Jets now are pretty are going to be competitive. They had a phenomenal draft, so who knows what they're going to bring? Is Zach Wilson going to be the Zach Wilson of last year? Hopefully, uh, hopefully not. So. You know, the division is tough. Division games are always tough. It's always like that across the NFL. When you see a team twice in one year, the game plans are a lot different. The game plans are much better. But, you know, for the Dolphins to get to to get to nine wins, I really see that happening. I have them 10 and seven uh, with a with a decently tough schedule. But also, they just have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. So I really can see them getting to nine wins. I would pay the juice there eight and a half minus 141. I would hop on that because. You know, you add Tyreek, you have Tua. I think Tua is good enough to get this team to nine wins. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Moving on to the probably the worst team in the division. I don't, you know, don't like to say that and throw teams under the bus like that. But, you know, I got the Jets coming in at 6-11. and 11. The Jets win total is sitting here nice and purdy at 5.5. So, and the over 5.5 is plus 140. No, sorry. Under five and a half is plus one forty. Over five and a half is minus one seventy two. By the, the time the season comes, I see that line getting to six. So, say it is at six by the beginning of the season, six flat, and maybe you know minus one twenty on the over on the over six wins. What do you what do you guys think for that? Because I don't, I know, but like I don't trust the Jets. I'm not paying the juice minus one seventy two for them to get to get to six wins. See, I'll t- I disagree. I'll take the over on this. I think it's another one. You're gonna pay you're the juice. That, you're paying a lot of juice there. Uh, yeah, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know if I would, I would, I do think they're going to get over, but yeah, I agree with not paying the juice. It, it's another, another one of those things that it's a, uh, a bet on Zach Wilson, um, and what he can do if he, he looked really good, but if he can be better and he does have a, a fucking cannon, like you never know. Um, so that's why I would like to, I would, I like the over, but yeah, I, I don't want to give up any juice on that. Wait, so what did you say? It's minus 170 right now for six. Over over five and a half is minus 172 for the New York Jets. Yeah, Vegas is just, oh, that's such like a bait, I feel it's like. It's such a Vegas line because you could all see the Jets coming up and putting up a stinker of a season because Zach Wilson is yeah. ass. I mean, I if if the scenario you gave us comes true, then I'm I would definitely take the over. I'm not going to pay the juice because Vegas is just such a bitch and I don't <laughs> I don't trust that. <laughs> that's cause... true. Because that's scary, and yeah, the Jets are the Jets. So even with a great draft, they could come out and have a bad season. But I just think like the the guys they drafted are gonna completely change their team. And I also think Zach Wilson's gonna play better. First year QBs always struggle, and when you're in a a bad situation like the Jets were last year, you're gonna compound that even more. Um, but obviously, he's gonna work on his decision making. He he has a ton of talent. So I have him seven and ten. If that gets to, you know, if that juice comes down a little, I'll, I'll probably place that bet. It, I bet it gets a six. I mean, that is a lot of juice to have on a, on a win total, you know, like usually they would kind of adjust it and I bet they will adjust it by the end of by the beginning of the season. But, you know, for six wins, I would take six wins because you also have the, the cushion of a, of a push if they get to six. So like you said, the, the guys they brought in are going to completely reshape the organization. I don't have, but the problem is, I don't have a ton of faith in Zach Wilson. I have more than I did, obviously, last year watching him play, but I also don't have faith in Robert Sala. I'm not a big fan of his. Um, I don't think that he is a winning coach, and I think that he has a lot of weapons now and a lot of talent all across the field on both sides. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with the team. I also could see them getting off to a shitty start and him getting booted um, and then, then bringing in somebody else and having a pretty good back half of the season. 
you know, their schedule isn't anything ridiculous. It's not crazy. Just this division is so tough. And, you know, with a lot of talent in the division, it's going to be tough for them to win divisional games. The beginning of the season for them is hell, though. They open up uh, home against Baltimore at Cleveland, home against Cincinnati, then at Pittsburgh, in uh, home against Miami, and then at Green Bay. So, you know, the back half of the schedule is kind of light. Jacksonville, Seattle, Detroit. Uh, Chicago. So I, I could see them getting to six, uh, six wins, possibly seven, two. The schedule's not horrendous. It's, it, it's going to be tough early. That's why I could see, you know, Robert Sala getting the boot and then bringing somebody else in and then having a, a very strong second half of the year. So that brings us to our final team in the AFC East, the Buffalo bills. Vegas has this line at 11 and a half fellas. I mean, this is, this is interesting because like, we all have them at 14, 13 wins over 11 and a half is only minus minus one thirty-two. Like, I mean, we, we've looked at the schedules. Do we, do we hop on this? Because I know we've talked before on the love cast that we all think that, you know, the bills are, are, are low key are Super Bowl favorites right now. Yeah. I'm hopping on. I, I'll take that. I, I, I love the bills. I, I agree with you on Super Bowl favorites. Like this is a great team and they got better this off season with the acquisition of Von Miller. Like this is, there, I mean, he's not what he used to be, but still a big acquisition. Like this is a good team, and uh, yeah, no, I, I think it was crazy that they even got knocked out this playoffs. Like it was just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm definitely, I'm, I'm into taking the over for sure. That's a lock to me. Eleven and a half. Yeah, I, I love that. I think maybe the reason it's like that is, like, some of their games, like they have the Rams week one, which we all have them winning, but how easily could that be a loss? Um, true, I mean, true. They, they play the Ravens. They, they could lose to the Chiefs. I have them beating the Chiefs, but how easily could that be a loss? So, and that right there would put them to the under. So, yeah, I don't know. It It's super tough. I'm, I would probably take that over. If we're squad riding the over, I, I'm hopping on. Uh, well, yeah, yeah no, we're, we're I, I, I say we do it. I just say I after this podcast, we all lock in the over because I'm locking it in. The thing is with the Bills is Jordan, again, Josh you Allen. hit it. Well, obviously, Josh Allen, but they have so many games that could go either way. Right. They have a lot of swing games against really good teams. And if, you know, they show up, they show up week in, week out. There's no reason that they can't get to 13 or 14 wins. Right. Um, it's just going to be consistency with them. And honestly, how these other teams play out. Right. If Kansas City comes out, you know, pretty flat, like that's that should be a win. But if Kansas City comes out looking like the Kansas City of a couple of years ago, maybe maybe not. So, you know, and it's also how is Green Bay going to be? How's L.A. going to be? How's. Minnesota going to be, that's a tough game. Uh, they're home against Minnesota, but Minnesota's obviously a, um, you know, now you're playing in the cold. It's in December, uh, November. So Cincinnati too. I mean, there are some games that can just flip flop. I just honestly, I, I think that's the wrong line. I think this line should be at 12 flat. I don't see that. Like I see them as a 12 win team minimum. I don't see yeah, any right. scenario Agreed. where a team this loaded gets 11 wins in a 17 game season. So yeah, let's let's fucking hop on this shit. All right, so lock we will be out. hopping on that uh, during the break. Actually, during the break, we're all gonna fucking lock this in. So lock it in. When now. we come back, we're gonna go over game three. We're gonna preview game three. Do a quick recap of how I did in game two. Which spoiler alert, it was not good. It was not great. Um, so we're going to dissect game three spread total. Max has was so excited about giving us a bunch of props. So hopefully oh, he gives out some, some winners props. for you guys. So we will be right back after we lock in the bills total. So if, if you're a rider, which all of you should be lock in this bills over with us right now, we'll be right back.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Completely forgot to mention that Fai can't be with us today. He completely forgot we were recording and hit the gym. So good for the gains, but fucking L because he's being a bitch and not recording with us. So we are back to talk about game three of the NBA Finals, Celtics Warriors. We're back in Beantown. Uh, the Garden has uh, the Garden seeing another finals, right? First final since 2010. I know that sounds spoiled, but and it is, but you know it's true, and it's been a long time. So, C's open up or are currently minus three and a half point favorites at home. Total two twelve and a half. Jordan, why don't you start with what you think uh, the spread is, or how you think the spread? Uh, whatever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, I think the Warriors are going to win this game, unfortunately. So, I would I would take the plus three and a half. If I was an unbiased fan and wasn't a Celtics fan, uh, maybe sprinkle the money line. I just think, I mean, it just feels like the momentum completely shifted to the Warriors. I think the Celts dropped this one, um, come out slow. The Warriors seem to have found a rhythm, and I think the Celts come back and win game four. But I do like the Warriors here, plus three and a half. Yeah, I'm not touching anything on the line or the – I just don't know how this game's going to go. And um, I think, I think I'm just going to play the, the total. I think it's going to go over. Um, I think even if the Celtics have another poor shooting night, I think the Warriors are often just shooting well. Just that's what they do. They have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, like they just shoot well. So it's very easy for them to, if they start running up the total, um, that could happen or it could just be a close game and it's a shootout and it brings it over. But I do like the over. Um, yeah. I'm a fan of the over as well, but when it comes to the spread, I'm pretty conflicted. So the thing is with the Celtics, they bounce back very well, right? They respond very well after a loss. Tatum responds very well after a bad game, but I know he didn't have a bad game. He had a pretty, pretty solid game, uh, game two, but he, I don't know, man, this Celtics team, they bounce back well, like I said, but this Warriors team just seems to have a lot of momentum right now. So I really want to, I I want to lean the Warriors because I feel like they have a lot of momentum, but I also want to lean the Celtics because of the fact that they're a great bounce back team. They're back at home. I think they come out. I think they do come out hot too, but I just think the Warriors wait, like, you know, wear them down throughout the course of a game. I think they come out uh, firing. I think they come out fucking angry after just getting completely embarrassed by Golden State in game two. So I think the Celtics come out hot, uh, but I do think the Warriors cover the three and a half. I think they got a lot of momentum, but I think the Celtics uh, win another back against the walls, must win game four, heading back to Golden State. And honestly, you know, I'm doing a little bit of foreshadowing, but I could see them stealing game five in Golden State too. But uh, yeah, Max, what do you got? Well, the problem is I don't think Jason Tatum is going to get any better because it's not Jason Tatum playing bad. It's Golden State has found a way to guard him. And he they have, it's, Jason, it's Andrew Wiggins, it's Clay Thompson on the switch, it's uh, Draymond on the switch is being physical. It's the it's just the way that they've been defending. Steph Curry's been defending amazing in his own right in this series. Like, the, it's not it's not it's not as much Tatum's fault as it is the defense that's hindering his success. And because of that, I think I, I think it's really hard to bet because you have to bet more on what Jalen Brown and the other guys are going to do. Because I don't think Tatum is going to uh, have a really great game or he's going to score like over thirty points. I think it's just the defense is so good on him right now that he's going to have to facilitate and take a secondary offensive role instead of being the primary scorer. And I just don't know if I'm willing to bet on Brown, um, especially at home. I don't know. I just, I, I, that's why I'm not touching this game. 
I would disagree just because I would disagree on the Tatum take because the only thing that I saw with Tatum that concerned me when it came to his offense was the fact that his lack his lack of aggression, right? When this when shit was going bad, I know we talked about this on your podcast, Max and Jordan, obviously, but when shit went bad, Tatum didn't get the ball, right? When shit went bad, we were looking to run sets and we pinned Tatum in the corner. That's not going to fucking work. Uh, Tatum needs to get the ball and make a play. When we like, when, when shit's going bad, that's when we kind of like, you need your superstar to, to help you get back rolling, right? You need your superstar to get a couple buckets and put your team back in motion. So I want to see if, you know, cause obviously stuff is going to go bad. The Warriors is going to go on amazing runs. That's what they do. And that's also just basketball. I, I want to see Tatum be more aggressive. I want to see him take a lot of shots because I trust him a lot. Um, and I don't, and I think the defense is great, obviously from Wiggins. Um, Wiggins is obviously a phenomenal defender, phenomenal athlete, but I think that the, I think that Tatum's skill is just too much right now. I think he's going to be pissed off coming back home. I think he has a great game, but I still think the Warriors can, can cover the three and a half in the end, but I also love the over. Well, the problem is that, is that Tatum is the focal point of this Warriors defense, right? And they, they've fully defended him well. Like there's, it's impenetrable defense. There's nothing they can really do. They need to look for another way to, to penetrate. Like they need to get another, uh, to break the defense in another way because the Warriors are just being really successful at what they're trying to do. That's not going to change throughout this ser- series. They're not going to be like, all right, we've already guarded Tatum really well. Let's focus on Brown now. No, they're going to guard Tatum as the focal point of their defensive rotations and everything the entire series. That's why I don't, I don't see it. I, I just like, it's not, a detriment to his skill is just the fact that he's being guarded so correctly, like by an entire team. I, I think that's the thing. Jordan, what you think? Well, just really quick. I, I think as soon as Tatum gets Wiggins off of him on a switch, he should just go to the basket and he I scored 20 points in, in three quarters. Like he can score the fucking ball last game. The issue was, like you said, they guard him really well. They trap him, they get their hands in there and they cause turnovers. That's, yeah. that's his issue. And that takes his confidence away. And, I'm going to transition now and do uh, some props because it flows yeah. right in. Uh, I think this game Tatum's going to see that they force turnovers and I think he's going to make an effort to facilitate for other guys. And I have his over five and a half assists at plus plus one ten. I think that's perfect. That value. Too. I think, I think that's really good value um, for five and a half assists. We've seen him have huge passing games um, obviously already in the series, but the whole playoffs and the whole season, he's gotten so much better at passing. And we know he he bounces back in big ways. So I think uh, especially at plus 110, I love over five and a half assists for Tatum. I love that pick too. I, that was that, – oh, voice crack. That was going to be my lock for today um, or my lock for that game. Like over five and a half assists. He's been he's been facilitating really well. And I, I agree. I don't think that defense is changing. They're going to lock down. He's, gonna, he's smart enough to know what he needs to do. He needs to facilitate. His line always just seems to hover at five and a half and you get him plus money on it. And some games like he, he's been a very consistent facilitator throughout these playoffs. So I obviously love that play as well. I don't know if I'd make it my lock, though, but I do do very much enjoy the play. Um, my play is going to be it's it's I want to make I want to put this in a parlay because of the juice, but I'm going Curry under five and a half rebounds. Um, he always seems to just get four right away and then struggle to get a fifth seems to happen. Like literally every game I bet on this prop probably three times now. And, uh, there was one game against the Mavericks. I believe it was game game four 
where he had four rebounds at half and didn't get a single rebound the rest of the game. So I'm going to take his under five and a half minus 154. You're paying a lot of juice. So I'm going to find something else to parlay that with. But Jordan, you got another prop? Yeah, I have another prop that I love, and it's uh, Marcus Smart over 22 and a half PRAs. Smart's coming off an absolutely abysmal game where he dropped two, two, and five. Going back to the garden, this is this is like this is a smart game to me. I think he's gonna uh, have maybe like I don't know six or seven rebounds somewhere somewhere around that same number of assists, and then find a way to make shots and get to 22 and a half PRAs. So um, that's probably my favorite prop that I have. My favorite play, I got mine. I found it. I found the play. It's going to be Tatum over 39 and a half PRAs. Um, I think he probably get he scores at least 20 points, right? I, I think we can all agree on that, that he gets to at least 20. I think he'd get 10 assists, and then that just leaves him 10 points. So I think he doesn't get, obviously, put up a triple-double like that, but I think he can have a good enough game offensively scoring the basketball that the assist will come, the seven, uh, six, seven, eight assists will come. He's going to get his 25, and he's going to get his seven boards. So I expect a big game from Tatum uh, in his first finals home game. I expect him to have a massive impact on this game. My, my favorite play of the day is Kevon Looney's over eight and a half rebounds. Oh, you're switching, you're switching your play of the game or play? Um, no, that was play, my play lock. This is my favorite. This is my favorite play. That was my lock. <laughs> what is, what's the difference? There's, there's, I love it. There's like, <laughs> dude, I, well, well I, I didn't, I was adding that in. I already had this as my original lock, but I, I was just thinking on the fly here because this was my original play of the day. Um, now there's Kevon Looney play. over eight and a half rebounds. I've been taking that. It's been hovering around nine and a half to eight and a half the entire season. I've been taking it for a good portion of the season since I heard um, someone give it out on the Ringer NBA show or NBA podcast thing. And um, yeah, no, I've been taking it over and over and over again, and it's been hitting every time. Horford is not is definitely a little beat up. Same with Robert Williams, especially Robert Williams. And Kevon Looney's just a great rebounder. I can easily see him getting over eight and a half. And my book actually has over nine and a half at plus two fifteen odds. So I'm grabbing that. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. My play, my next play, probably my last prop in this game. It's a little, this is a little tricky one. I'm gonna take Kevon Looney over six and a half points. Uh, simply for the fact that I don't think Grant will, um, not Grant, I don't think Rob Will's 100%. I know he's not 100%. I think his status for game three is is questionable, or right? Is that am I am I right to to say that? Probably, I believe. Yeah. I, I would so. assume it's questionable. He got rolled up on pretty bad. Um, I know he kind of toughed it out, but he did not look okay. He did not look healthy. I think Kevon Looney is gonna have a great game because I think that the you know he got four or five dunks last game. And I think he's going to get the same thing this time. Um, also, our big men, especially if Rob's in the game, he doesn't play great away from the ball. So if he kind of jumps, if he gets off his feet and he kind of loses Kevon Looney behind him, that opens up a lot of a lot of easy dunks. And, you know, Curry and Poole and Clay aren't going to miss him on that. So I'm going to take Kevon Looney over six and a half points at minus 130. All right, my next play is kind of an ugly one, but I'm going to go with Clay over 19 and a half points, and that's minus 110. I think, obviously, we just saw him play one of the worst games maybe of his career. He shot four for 19. Uh, he, he had 11 points. I, I think he gets this – I think he gets to 20 points this game, and I don't think he's going to shoot a, a great percentage. I just think he's going to take maybe 15 or 16 shots. They're going to run plays for him. They're going to really look to get him going. Uh and for Clay, I think he's just going to, you know, 
be able to knock down a couple more shots than he did last game and just be a little bit better. 20 is nothing for Clay, especially when he's taking a ton of shots. Yeah, I mean, how many shots did he take last game? Let's take a look here. I mean, he took he took 19 shots. He was in the game when it didn't fucking matter either. And the Warriors just, you know, the announcer were talking about it. And we were talking about it on the couch. Like, why the fuck is he still in the game? I think Kerr wanted to to help Clay find his rhythm, but I don't think it was worth keeping him in. So I think Clay comes, I think he bounces back well. Um, I don't know if he's going to get that many shots, but I also could see him just being insanely efficient and coming out and hitting like his first three shots. If he hits his first shot, he can put up literally an unlimited amount of points, right? When a shooter first sees that first shot, when a shooter sees that first shot go in, especially as good as Clay, it could be lights out. It could be over. So if Clay gets off to a hot start, if he literally just hits his first shot, he can easily get to 20 points. So Max, you got any other plays? Um, I got a, I don't know. I got one that I'm kind of leaning on. Um, if you were to bet this game a specific way, um, the way that you guys are kind of, you, if you guys think the Celtics are going to lose, um, I would bet this game a specific way where maybe you take like this, the Warriors spread um, and the under, but then I would also think like that means probably Tatum's going to have under on his points. And I'm on my book, I'm getting under 26 and a half points for plus two five um, odds for Tatum. And if the, if we think that the Celtics are going to lose and we see um, this Warriors defense, keeping him locked up, I, I would, be inclined to maybe take a, make that play and um, take the over on his assist. But I don't know. That's kind of the only other one. I'm not really solid on any other ones. I think this game is very close. I think this is a really close game. That's why I'm just kind of taking the points. I feel safer taking the points. I yeah. could see the Celtics winning this game too, right? I could see them having, I could you see, know, they're, yeah, they're back in the garden. First finals. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, of course. Historic. But I just, I see this game being very close. I think this is probably, um, going to be the first game that's going to be close throughout the whole throughout the whole series obviously game ones and two had blowouts by the end but i think this game stays close consistently that's why i just feel safer taking the points especially with an explosive offense i just got one more prop and then we can uh wrap up on the c's game but i'm taking Jalen brown over 23 and a half points we saw him score like 13 first quarter points last game and then just go completely quiet uh the rest of the way but like I said, uh, and like Max pointed out, they're they're focusing on Tatum. It's not like they're just going to try to lock down Jalen all of a sudden. Obviously, they're going to try their best against him. But when when they're committing so much to Tatum, and like I said earlier, I think Tatum's going to facilitate. I think Jalen's going to get a lot of shots, um, you know, get out in transition, get to the rim. And 24, that's just his average. So uh, I like that. I like it too. Perfect. Perfect. So those are our – excuse me, plays for the Celtics game. Why don't we go through our full cards, fellas, uh, for this game and just kind of give the listeners a rundown. So I'll start. I have Warriors plus three and a half. I have the over 212 and a half. I have Curry under five and a half assists at minus 145. I have Tatum over 39 and a half PRAs at minus 114. And I have Looney over seven and a half points at minus 130. Who's next? My card for the day is I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the Tatum over five and a half assists, and then the Looney over eight and a half rebounds. We only play overs. So yeah, that's, that sounds good to me. Jordan? All right. Uh, I'm not touching the spread. I'm leaning over, but I don't think I'm going to take it. I'm going to take Tatum over five and a half assists. I'm going to probably put mm, one and a half units on Smart over 22.5 PRAs. 
I'll probably go a half unit on Clay over 19.5 and Jalen over 23.5. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to take the Warriors. I'm just going to take the over. <laughs> I can't take the Warriors. I, I can't. I can't be cheering for I can't be cheering for the other side in this game. So if I if I, I bet a side, it's, it's going to only be the Celtics. So those are our cards. These are our plays. Um, just these are these are our cards just for this game. When we come back, we're going to go over some MLB for you guys for Wednesday, June 8th. And then I'm going to give out my full card, complete card for Wednesday, June 8th, finals, MLB, all that good shit. You know, I'm going to be betting on some afternoon baseball. You already know. So make sure to stay tuned. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Uh, excuse me. I am back. My other boy, the boys did not have any MLB plays, which is all right. They're not MLB heads like I am. So. You know, I was never really an MLB head until this season. My uh, co-host, Fag, really got me into it. So we're going to start with some uh, Pirates and Tigers tomorrow at 1235. 1235 per first pitch. Pirates minus 120. Tigers are even. Fido, I like Fido. I'm a big fan of Fido. If I had to take a side, I would probably lean the Tigers uh, on the money line here with even odds. Big fan of Fido, one and two with the three ERA. Uh, Keller for the Pirates, two and five with a five seven seven. Pirates aren't great, but they do play a lot of midday games, so they're used to this. And then the other midday game we have is Royals, Blue Jays. Uh, Blue Jays minus one forty. Uh, the pitcher for the Blue Jays, I do not want to butcher his last name and get canceled, so we're gonna just say why. We'll just say we're just gonna just we don't even, we're not even gonna attempt it. He's two and two with a three nine one, and then the pitcher for the Royals, uh, B Singer, is two and one with a four one five. I would probably lean the Blue Jays. Uh, they haven't been phenomenal, but they had a great game the other night. Hopefully, they play great tonight as well. They won eight nothing on. Sorry, this is this is uh, Tuesday. They won Monday eight nothing. They played tonight as well. I see them winning tomorrow uh, minus one forty on the money line. You're paying a lot of juice, but I think it's worth it. My play of the day, or my couple plays that I like in this in this slate is going to be the under in the Yankees and twins game. This is set at eight right now, seven forty on BSN. I know obviously that network doesn't mean anything to any of us, but, or any of us here on the Northeast, I guess, if you're in Minnesota, then that means something to you, but I'm going to take the under eight just for the simple fact that Nestor Cortez is on the bump for the Yankees. That dude just pitches lights out. I watched him pitch against the, against the guardians and he pitched a pitched a phenomenal game. So I'm a big Nestor Cortez fan and Archer for the twins is also very good. He's Owen two, but he's a three, eight, nine. So he can, you know, he's, he's definitely um, can pitch and obviously prevents a lot of runs from coming in. But I, I just think Nestor Cortez just throws an absolute gem tomorrow. So that's going to be added to my card under eight Yankees twins. You also get the cushion with eight. If it gets there for a push as well. My next play in the MLB slate is going to be the Mets money line. I've seemed to take this every day and it's kind of worked. They're literally 38 and 19. So if you've been taking Mets money line, you've been doing pretty well. Um, Bassett's on the bump, big fan of Bassett four and through the three, seven, four um, Manea for the Padres two and through the three, seven, seven Mets just find a way to win games. Uh, they put up 11 runs on Monday night. So two nights ago for you guys listening to this now. They played tonight as well in San Diego. There would be the third game of, or sorry, the fourth game. No, sorry, I was right. The third game of their series against them. If they win tonight, they'd be going for a sweep. If they would win tonight, I would say I would probably lean more the Padres just because I don't think the Padres get swept at home. But if they lose tonight, definitely, definitely, definitely the Mets. So make sure to follow the Twitter to stay tuned 
uh, because that's one of those games that I'm on the fence about and that I will update you guys on the Twitter at gambling couch on Twitter. Uh, you'll see the logo. Just make sure to drop a follow. I'll post the plays on there. Definitely. We'll update you guys on the Mets Padres game after tonight's result in uh, their game. My final play on the MLB slate for tomorrow is going to be Jesus Christ. I don't want to do this because this, this hurts, but I'm going to take the Orioles plus one Oh five at home against the Cubs. Stroman is fucking terrible. He's two and five with a five, three, two. He just seems to get shelled every time he steps on the mound. So, you know, I, I, the Orioles aren't terrible. Uh, you know, Camden Yards obviously had to have the big expansion at left field. So teams haven't been able to put up as many runs. So I'm going to take the Orioles at home, getting plus money there against Marcus Stroman. Lyles is on the bump for the uh, Orioles, three and four, the four, five. The Cubs bats are, are decent. They're pretty good. Um, but, you know, neither team is is great. This is kind of a shitty ass game. I'm not going to lie, but. I would probably lean – actually, you know what? Fuck, I'm not going to lean. I'm going to take the Orioles plus 105. So add the Orioles plus 105 to my card. That's it. So those are the plays for MLB. Uh, the boys covered the N- – uh, sorry, AFC East win totals as Vegas has them. And then what we had them as well, and we just talked it out, we we squad rode the Bills. So if you, if, you are, if you are a rider, which all of you should be, like I said previously, make sure to hop on the Bills. We'll be back in two seconds. I'm just going to – Get my full card together and then give you guys a rundown. So we'll be right back. I'm here to deliver my full card for you guys. So we're just going to give it a quick rundown. Curry under five and a half rebounds, minus 145. Looney over seven and a half points, minus 130. Tatum over 39 and a half PRAs at minus 114. Over 212 and a half in that game. Orioles money line plus 115. Yankees twins under eight and a half. Mets money line pending on how they do tonight. If they win, then maybe we're going to take the other side and then finishing it off with a nice little afternoon play Tigers money line. So as always, thank you guys for listening. Make sure to take our picks, tail, fade, whatever. Make sure you re- listen, download, recommend to a friend, all that good shit. So thank you for listening and to have a good one, guys.